Hey, welcome back. This is Josh Taransky with the I Love Humans podcast. This is episode two. Our research project in Southeast Baltimore this week uh, takes us to Councilman Zeke Cohen's office. With most of the episodes that we're going to have during this first season, the primary person being interviewed is going to be invested in a, a single effort. So um, I think next week, the person we're talking to is focused in on food access, helping get food into communities where there isn't a lot of food. With this particular episode, we're going to be talking with Councilman Cohen from a top-down perspective, and we're going to let the conversation direct the emphasis of the episode. So we're going to start in Cohen's office, and we're going to go from there. All right, I'm on my way to go see uh, Councilman Zeke Cohen. Uh, His offices are at City Hall. Hopefully this conversation will produce some actionable steps that people can take. Thank you, Councilman Cohen, for being here with us. Uh, thanks for Really coming. appreciate it. Appreciate you coming to City Hall. My promise in this podcast is to try to be as heavy with information as possible for people in Southeast Baltimore understanding how pe- vulnerable people are cared for, from the elderly to youth, from those who are ex-incarcerated and released to drug addicts, homeless, across the board. Can you share one short story about why um, you do what you do? Sure. So I would say for me, uh, a lot of the work that I do comes from uh, the legacy of my grandparents and my parents. Um, My great-grandmother actually escaped from Austria right before the Nazis occupied Austria uh, the rest of my family was exterminated in concentration camps. Um, can I grab something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this is a letter. Um, uh, this is a letter from my great-grandma. Um, and in it, you'll see this little coin, right? Yeah. What do you notice about that coin? It's gold. It's got a face on it. Yeah. Uh, it's got a hole through it yeah. at the top. Right, so that hole was, she was a seamstress. And when she was getting ready to leave, what she did was she poked a hole and stitched this coin and all of her coins into her clothing, right? Because when you would get up to go from Austria, Germany, Poland, any of these places, the Nazis would confiscate your money if you were Jewish. And she had the incredible uh, foresight to conceal all of her mm. money. Mm. Um, she died when I was one, so I never sort of formally met her. Yeah. Uh, but I put this letter and this coin right up here in my office to remind me of where I came from because she came to this country with nothing uh, except a couple coins with holes yeah. in them and dresses. She didn't speak English. She didn't have a community here. Uh, she left without her family. Mm-hmm. Um but she was able to come here and make a life and build a community and learn English. And if it weren't for her courage and her strength mm. and her will to survive, um, 
I'm not sitting here right. having this conversation with you. Wow. And so when I think about some of the challenges that my constituents have, especially in this moment, our immigrant communities, right? I mean, I come from refugees. Mm. And who am I to not extend the same welcome that my great-grandmother received when she got here, even though she faced plenty of anti-Semitism and yeah. nativism and all the rest, but at least this country took her in. Who are we to now say to this next wave of immigrants who are also facing violence in many cases in their home countries, we don't want you here. When you look at your district, what would you say are some of the most encouraging things and then some of the things that need the most attention? Yeah, I mean, so yesterday I we had a press conference for a program that myself and another council person started called This Is Working, where we have, it's a summer jobs program in partnership with the Mayor's Office of Employment Development, but we work with small businesses to hire kids over the summer, and while the kids are working, they're also learning job skills, they're meeting together as a cohort at an industry site, um, and I'm really proud that 22 small businesses in Southeast Baltimore stepped up this year to hire young people. To me, that is a really important statement about sort of our values in this time of deep challenge around public safety, around uh, economic dislocation, around um, you know having communities that are incredibly marginalized. I love that I get to represent a district where 22 of the small businesses, not the like big, big, big players, but the small guys chose to hire young people over the summer. Mm. Um, I think that's huge. We have a great um, culinary scene in the first. I'm a big foodie. And we got, no disrespect to anybody else, but we got some of the best restaurants in the world mm. in Southeast Baltimore. Um, we have just a great civic spirit around Patterson Park. Um, we've been doing a lot of work on community building with some of our community associations. They do it, so many of them do a great job of sort of moving neighborhoods forward. Um, we have a really good CDC in Southeast, the Southeast CDC. What else? I, I love my district, man. I mean, the diversity is incredible. Yep. Um, right? You have people from literally all over the world living in Southeast Baltimore. Can we go back? Let's go back for a second to the Youth Works program, because sure. one of the things I want for this podcast is for it to be like highly practical. So there's going to hopefully be somebody who's, Bet. you know, a business owner, um, has influence in their company, and they can influence ownership to, to participate in this program. So what that means for um, a company or an organization to participate is it's uh, a five-week session they're hiring youth for. Correct, yep. And it's $1,600. And the really cool thing is that the city does the HR work, right? So you're budgeting out that money, yep. and the city is paying the kid. Correct. And for our version of it, for This Is Working, okay. in addition to the HR stuff, what you also get is a coach who is holding the kid accountable, who's working with them on their wow. skills, who, as I said before, is meeting with them in a cohort every Friday. At an industry site, we've got Under Armour, we've got the CTE, we've got um, a bunch of really just neat industry places, a hospital, 
um, and teaching our kids work skills and so that they can learn a little bit about that industry. Yeah, yeah. so anybody as young as 14 Correct. can participate in it. Yep. Which brings me to my next question is yep. there's more kids that want to do this than there are openings. Exactly. Right? Right. And so that's why, so this is going to get a little technical, yeah. so bear with me for yeah, a minute yeah. here. So YouthWorks is the mayor's program where kids, and they're usually the younger kids, where they work in either government or a nonprofit, right? Okay. Then there's Hire One Youth, and my program, This Is Working, and that's typically your older, slightly more mature kids, and they're gonna work in a business. Okay. So the difference is, for YouthWorks, the city is paying for it, so we're paying the money, versus This Is Working or Hire One, where the business is actually contributing the $1,600. Okay. Right? So the more businesses we can get to sign up, the more kids get off that wait list. Right. And the fewer kids over the summer have a bunch of free time. Kids are getting into trouble necessarily. They're getting trained. They're getting, you know, stuff that they can put on their resume. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, we need to rethink public safety in this town, right? It is not just about cops and judges. A big part of it is creating safe, nurturing environments for young people. Because just like you said, Josh, when kids are working, when they're learning, guess what they're not doing? Yeah. Getting into trouble. Yeah. Uh, so it, this is a public safety strategy, and it's also a economic development strategy because we have to grow the next generation of employees and employers in this town, right? We, we too often, the bigger companies will look outside of Baltimore for their talent pipeline. We've got to build the pipeline from our kids into our businesses. We have to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we're going to have more generations of people living in poverty and us effectively subsidizing suburbs. Because if you drive into our city mm. and work in our city and then drive out of our city, you are paying you are paying your taxes back to whatever municipality you're living in. And so while we definitely want, you know, people from all the different counties coming here and working here, we gotta make sure our citizens, our young people have access to the jobs, and particularly to the careers and jobs of the future, mm. right? I mean, you know, you think about what are the growth areas for Baltimore? It's eds, it's meds, it's tech, it's cybersecurity, it's biotech. Um, we have got to make sure there's a pipeline of children from this city directly into those jobs. On the one hand, yes, we have very real challenges, and I don't want to minimize any of the pain that people feel um, but on the other hand, enormous opportunities, mm. right? We are in the center of the East Coast. We've got proximity to DC and Philly and New York. Yeah. We're a port city with a thriving port. We've got great medical and research institutions. We've got this funky, you know, charm, whatever you want to call it, mm. um, culture and restaurants and art and businesses, I just think Baltimore is 
such a wonderful city and often is undervalued. I mean, the, the way people talk about Baltimore frustrates me because while we do have some deep issues within uh, some of our departments and within our communities, we also have enormous strengths. Yeah. And it's important to know that as well. And especially, frankly, in Southeast Baltimore, where you got a little piece of everything going on. So the emphasis here that that came out of my interview with Councilman Cohen is this emphasis on youth employment. There are other things that we talked about. Um, I probably will do a follow-up episode at some point where we we talk about some of those other topics, but I really want to drill down on this whole idea of youth employment. It's it's really important. It's close to my heart. I have a 14-year-old son. He wants to get a job. you know, we, we look around our own neighborhood, we see different young people, and sometimes they're getting into trouble. And it's important for these kids to be preparing themselves for independence and being self-sufficient in the future. So uh, let's look at how this works in Southeast Baltimore. And let's start with some conversations with some young people. No, not a camera, just audio. It's an audio program. Okay, what's your name? Dite. And how old are you? 13 years old. Tell me, how much money does a 13-year-old need to do life for one year? Oh, my God. That's oh, a million dollars to do a year? I'm at least about a million. So have you ever had a job? Uh, it's a job every day for me. I go to school, oh my God, help my mother with the chores, and I still have my baby brother up, so. What do you think you would like to do? Uh, I don't know, like housekeeping, that sounds nice, I want to do that. What does the housekeeper do? Well, cleans the house, not a butler, because a butler do everything, a housekeeper just do the cleaning. So what are your plans for the summer? Nothing, I don't do nothing. Really? Nope. I don't know, like, you gotta help, you gotta do something with them coins. I mean, they ain't gonna find themselves. I mean, you gotta work. Yeah. So what, what, uh, other, what are other 13-year-olds doing this summer, do you think? Well, usually probably playing or fo- focusing about studying for grades and stuff. Or, like, say if they want something, they wouldn't have it, but, th- but they need it and they don't have it and their parents can't always give out so that's why it's called you supposed to have a job because your parents can't always give to you you got to learn how to make it out here on your own mm. what do you think about the squeegee boys have you ever thought about doing a squeegee like when they go out there and wash the windows yeah oh my god no it's bad huh yes i would never do that i mean i'm not high class I, i'm not rich but i would never do that though so tell me about the kids that do do that. I don't know. They usually be like little ghetto. Little ghetto. Little ghetto, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I All just right. can't do that. Mm, my mother would kill me. Because it's dangerous. You could get snatched up. Somebody could pull over and snatch you up. You could get shot on the drive-by, go up to the wrong car. That's why so many things that could go wrong. Yeah. You get hit by a car, too. I mean, well, I don't want to say that, but you can yeah, it's true. James Knight, KNIJST. Next, I spoke with James Knight on Broadway, down close to Fells Point. So we're out here 
on Broadway. And tell us, so we're talking about youth employment. You're not really a youth. I was a part of the youth program, but I kind of finished my term of service. And I got hired as, as you can hear, there's a lot of work going on. It was loud. There was a guy that was basically using a mini jackhammer to pull apart a wall. James uh, had some great things to say, and I wish I got better audio of those specific points. What is, um, how significant was youth employment for you? It was real significant. Like, um, when I got in a program, it was like at a time of need because I come out of poverty, so. It was like a time of need, but it, it was real significant. Like the, the process was a little long, but. This is an important point here that I've heard from other people going through a employment process in the city. It's slow and that's sometimes discouraging, especially to young people as they're trying to get hired. 15, 16 years old. How much money do you think a 14 year old needs to make in a year? When I was 14, I ain't need, I mean, I had good parents, so my father always made sure I had everything I need, but. A 14-year-old don't need much because more than likely you're still staying at home with your parents. And if you're doing good, they're taking care of you. So, like my household, um, when I was 14, I probably needed like $10 a day because stuff was much cheaper too. $10 would get me through a day. And does having a job keep kids out of uh, trouble? Yeah, occupying your time, especially where I come from because it's a lot of murders and all that going on where I come from. So having a job just keeps you away from all uncertainty. I took my son, who's 14 years old, on a walk with me as I was heading to the next interview for this podcast. And we talked about youth employment. He's 14 years old. Here's what he had to say. So how old are you? 14. And uh, tell me, how much money does a 14-year-old need to make? Um, I think a thousand, fifteen hundred a year for extracurricular activities. Yeah, and what uh, what are some of the extracurricular activities in your life that you'd use that money for? Summer camps, camps, sports, things like that. Good. Yeah, those are some good things to spend your money on. And how have you made money uh, up to this point in your life? Uh, selling stuff on eBay and yeah, that's pretty much been it. Or I get money for Christmas or something like that. But mostly I've been getting money from eBay, selling stuff on eBay. That's great. So what... Um, if you could get a job, what kind of jobs do you think you'd like to have? I don't think I'd really care as long as it was a good job that I could be making some good money with. Um, like a job that I could do that I'm, I don't know, I don't know. Good, how are you? I'm Josh. At this point I lost Hudson's attention because we had arrived at Ekibin, which was where our next interview was. And they were very welcoming as we stepped through the door. You may recall from my interview with Councilman Cohen that there are these local businesses that are hiring youth. And 
Ekibin is one of them. And the co-owner, Steve, was willing to meet with me and explain his experience with This Is Working. Steve Chu, 27, the co-owner and executive dishwasher and porter over here at Ekibin. You guys are the top restaurant in Baltimore. I wouldn't say that, but... I don't know. I don't know. Some of, so so um, I should have come in here with like your accolades, but you have been you have won some awards, right? Yeah. You've been voted. What are some of the things that you guys have been voted best in? So we've won awards for like in every Baltimore editorial, like Baltimore Magazine, Baltimore Sun. Um, we've also gotten an award from Eater. Uh, we've been voted best sandwich by Travel and Leisure Magazine. This is Insider Magazine. Going to be on the airline Delta. Like, we're going to be in their magazine, going to be on Travel Channel. So we, we've been on, like, a lot of magazines and we've gotten a lot of awards and recognition for what we've done. Um, so we do Asian Fusion, focus on steamed bun sandwiches and rice bowls. Best sandwich in the city, baby. Yeah. Yeah, $10 or less. Yeah. I've had it. It's good. And where, where is this located at? Where are we at? Uh, so Acubin's located in beautiful city of uh, Fells Point, or neighborhood of Fells Point in the city of Baltimore. You guys are participating in a Southeast Baltimore program called This Is Working that Zeke Cohen started last year. This is the second year of it. Um, talk a little bit about that. Uh, so Zeke came up to us one day and he was like, hey guys, I'm starting this youth mentorship program thing and we want you to be on the, the committee or on the board. And I was like, oh yeah, sounds great. That sounds fun. And I really didn't know what we were going to ask ourselves into. Um, but diving deeper in it, it was really like a, it's a program that addresses an issue with the youth in our city. And that issue is these kids have the drive to work, but they don't really know how to work. And oftentimes they don't have that support system at home to keep them working. And so what happens is a go get a job and the employer will, will give them direction. Sometimes direction isn't always comfortable. Sometimes you know your ego will get in the way. And oftentimes these kids have grown up with, well at least in my culture, like when you're, when you're younger, you're taught to like shut up. Right? You just listen to the adults and then you don't speak up. And that's what happens oftentimes to these kids. And they just, they don't really take the criticism and they take it as something that's like personal. Um, and what this is working does is, is you give them jobs and then at the end of the week, they go to this class where all the kids get together with the teachers and stuff. And they're able to like vent their frustrations and like that, that combination together makes for an awesome program. And so we tie in the mentorship aspect along with the job aspect. Um, that's what's really, really amazing about this program. Uh, we've worked with other programs like with UNBC and, and uh, other organizations. And what happens is their caseworker comes and they're awesome, like super bright and bubbly and vibrant. They're like, yeah, these kids are great. And they get the kids. We teach them, and you, know, you said we're, we are one of the most awarded restaurants in the city, and so it's busy, and like pressure is really high and super stressful, 
And when these kids go home, either their parents aren't home for them to vent to and they've got their, their friends who are also like 16 and like unemployed so they don't really get it. Um, and they don't reach out to their caseworker because they're like, you just my caseworker. Like, I don't really like you that much or I don't trust you that much. Um, and we don't see much success with those kids. Like, they don't return. Uh, the kids we see the most success with are the ones with mentors, whether it is through Zeke's This Is Working program or otherwise. Um, those are the kids that leave work and they have someone they go, can go home to and whom, whom they trust and they could really vent their frustrations and opinions to. And that mentor can be like, that's how it is. Like, if you want it, you can go get it. If you don't want it, and then leave. Um, and oftentimes those kids, those kids stay because they want it. That's awesome. So you guys did it last, did you do it last year? We did it last year. Yeah, we're part of the, the pilot program. Um, and it actually showed us a lot about like how government works, like the, how much work it takes <laughs> and, and how like thought out and methodical everything has to be and how you have to present things because in, in uh, business it's like, oh, I've got the money to do it. I'm just going to go do it. A lot of times when you listen to business owners and they gripe about, you know, the hardest part about running a business, nobody a business dealing with the city. Uh, it's just because our minds work differently. Yeah, totally. Wow. Um, so what do you, from doing it the first year, what kind of feedback did you get from the young person that you hired? What were some of the things that they verbalized at the end of their time? Um, so the kid that we got was Kendrick, and Kendrick's freaking awesome. Right? Super sassy. He's a really funny kid. Um, I'm sorry? How old was he? Kendrick was 16, I believe. I may, I may be wrong, but I think he's 16. Um, and like I said, like Kendrick didn't really talk much to us. He was kind of quiet around us. Um, he just like he just shut up and worked. And I know there were like some really, really, really difficult times for him. But I believe like that Friday class really just kept him on board. And um, I talked to him like a few months later after the the program had ended. And he's like, yeah, I got a job at Chipotle. So I was like, we didn't scare you away from the restaurant industry? He's like, nah. <laughs> and now he's just like a cashier and his job's a little easier. But he said his job is easy now because of what we put him through. Um, so he didn't really tell us anything, say, but his actions afterwards just spoke volumes to us. One of the other businesses locally that's hiring This Is Working kids is Joe Benny's. Here's the owner. Joseph Benjamin Gardella. I am the uh, owner of Joe Benny's in Little Italy. We've been here four years. In April, it was four years. We're at Fogaccini, which is Sicilian-style yeah. pizza, but we also do great Sicilian-style meatballs. Really? So we like to say we're the best balls on the block. Soon to be best balls in Baltimore. I asked Joe about his experience with This Is Work or This Is Working. Here's what he had to say. This Is Work. Um, because why not? You know, if you're an active uh, part of the community, I think that's not only a good thing to do, but kind of a responsibility. You're, you know, I think everyone that has a hand and, and, and is successful in this city should, should kind of give back. And if that's 
the least that we can do as business owners, I think that's a small thing. I think it's a great program. I think we need more like them. And uh, I praise, you know, the city council and, Z and uh, Zeke for doing something like that. I think it's yeah. going to be a good fit for us. Cool. And have you done it before? No, this is, I think it's only the second year they've done it. Right. In, uh, so now this is the first year okay. we've, yeah. And have you gotten your kid yet? You, no, we're right? supposed to be in touch with Zeke soon. So no, I think that's coming maybe this week. So. Cool. Well, we want to send business your way. Yeah, cool. Need more I want it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> There are so many different directions that we could go with this research project and looking at youth employment. Uh, this whole thing about this is working and youth works is really good. I'm sure there are other small things that are going on, other programs. We don't have much time left here in this episode to get into those things. I, I did really quickly want to give a shout out to the other businesses that are employing kids through the This Is Working program. Poppy and Stella, Baltimore Regional Housing Partnership, Ekibin. Waterfront Partnership, Canton Car Wash, Patango Bakery, Verde, Roll B. Moore, Cooper's Tavern, Thunderbolt Global Logistics, Obrecht Commercial Real Estate, Charm City Builders, Joe Benny's, GNA Restaurant, Carlos O'Charlie's, Southern Provisions, Mission Media. That list is available on the website for the podcast. It's in the show notes. So let's give those businesses our patronage over the summer and express our gratitude to them. And hey, if you are an employer or you know somebody uh, who is capable of employing youth in Southeast Baltimore, check out this program. Consider doing it. Contact uh, Councilman Cohen's office. This is a great thing that's going on in our neighborhood. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's great to be with you each week. Next Thursday, we'll be back with a new episode. In the meantime, would you help us spread the word about this podcast? You can leave a review on iTunes. You can share it on social media. Let people know that you've tuned in, that you appreciated what you heard. And I appreciate the feedback. Leave a comment on the podcast website. I'm always interested in hearing uh, about feedback and, and how we could improve the show. Thanks for tuning in.